Still waiting on that heifer, Julio. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out. Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Lions Led by Donkeys podcast. I'm Joe. With me today, as always, the is beautiful. Nick. Yeah. Joe the Beautiful or Nick the Beautiful? Because I don't me. think we fit either one of those. Maybe no. Laika, who's also yes. here. She actually does. Yeah. yeah. Laika's lovely. Uh, Should we start introducing her? I, I, I feel like at this point, it's just assumed that she's always here. Uh, because she does not take her union-mandated vacations, no matter how many times I've told her to do so. It's true. She's always doing shit. Yeah. Uh, so, the last episode, we talked uh, and shit on... The state of Ohio for about an hour. Um, I don't regret that, and I don't believe that the, I should have to equal this out. But that's what we're going to do today by shitting on Michigan for about an hour. Um, You're also wearing a Red Wing shirt. I am. Uh, I I don't have to wear a Red Wing shirt at this point. It's just imprinted on my soul. Nice. Um, Disappointment. So we're going to talk about one of the best known ambushes uh, in. I would say American history, but definitely state history, and that is the one at Fort Michilly Mackinac. And Fort Chili Mac Michilly Mackinac. And I actually know <laughs> for sure I'm pronouncing this one <laughs> right. It's a fucking yeah. MRE. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did abbreviate the script as uh Chili Mac Massacre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly what happens whenever so, you come back from the field. Are we gonna rename all those Confederate bases we have to MRE names? That would, uh, I would argue if we're going to name them anything, that uh, anything works, but uh, MREs for sure, because even MREs are more useful than Confederates. <laughs> Fort Hood would be Fort Chili and Beans. Uh, <laughs> fucking Fort Bragg would be, I don't know, I don't know, fucking <laughs> Fort Tortilla Soup. <laughs> is there a Tortilla Soup one? Yeah, there is. Holy shit. I didn't know that. <laughs> I knew that there was... Uh, the fajitas. The pizza slice one. <laughs> Fort pizza slice. Fort hood should be Fort pizza slice. And that's because you've been looking forward to it for a really long time. And yeah, when you the, finally get there, it's a huge disappointment. Yeah, and when they say pizza slice, they mean pizza slice. It's a small shitty square. So when I was at Fort Knox, they told me I came down on orders. And I literally said out loud, as long as it's not Fort hood, I really don't care. <laughs> and the, like the, the pat guy was like, ooh, <laughs> it's Fort hood. I was like, Fuck. And then I started wondering, like, how fast can I get to Canada? And then I went to Fort Hood. Um, you never made it. No, no. So uh, we're going to talk about the ambush at Fort Michilly Mackinac today. Uh, but before we do that, we have to talk about a guy named Pontiac and the war that he started. Now, uh, since we're going real hard in Michigan here, I have to explain that Pontiac is a local Native American warrior and certified badass uh, who now has a city named after him that is so notoriously corrupt that its entire police department had to be fired in order to save money because uh, the city embezzled it all away. What? Yeah, uh, that's actually true. Uh, The Oakland County Sheriff's Office now has to cover it because the Pontiac Police Department had to be disbanded to save money. Wow. Yeah. Um, And even though I grew up in areas of Detroit, which uh, uh, most people would consider kind of bad, we all considered Pontiac even worse. Um, one time, my, everybody has those areas. One time, I was there with my cousin, and he got stabbed for a single Camel Crush cigarette. <laughs> really? Because it's okay, so I could laugh at over it over a Camel yeah. Crush. Yeah, it was actually the night That's... they came out. Um, we were at wow. yeah, we were at a bar, which uh, name escapes me now, and I think it got closed down. But uh, Camel was there handing out cartons of crushes. 
not even IDing you. Yeah. So I was definitely awesome. underage. And uh, like we all got fucking tons of cigarettes. And uh, we went outside uh, because it's a non-smoking club. And uh, some guy asked, like, hey, man, let me get a cigarette. And my cousin's like, no. And he got fucking stabbed. <laughs> wow, for he a cigarette. For a camel crush. <laughs> Which is somehow worse, because those are terrible cigarettes. I don't smoke anymore, but those are fucking terrible cigarettes. I don't think I know anybody that smokes them. No, I, I smoked them for a really long time there, but that's because I had so many from that night. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Freeze free. Yeah, but we're not talking about that Pontiac. I, I felt like I just had to bring that up because I don't know how big our, our Michigan fan base is, Shouldn't but they've be. all probably heard of Pontiac, and it's not, or it's also a car. Yeah, it is. I think they don't make anymore. I don't remember. I haven't seen a Pontiac in a long time. I'm, I'm maybe I'm confusing Pontiacs and Buicks. I haven't seen a Saturn in a long time. It's because they stopped making Saturns. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen those yeah. in a while. Yep. Like most Native Americans before the time of the white guy, uh, there's not a whole lot of written history about Pontiac's life. There's actually uh, a really good chance that Pontiac is not even his name, uh, like more like a moniker that he took up later. Um, oh, okay. Some people think that he was born in what is now Ohio, which, sorry, um, <laughs> I, I have to get in while I can. Um, and I'm just not okay with that. Nobody's even certain which tribe his parents are from. It was some historians arguing that they are members of the Ottawa or Ojibwa tribes and uh, had been born of a different tribe altogether and then kidnapped and raised as a member of the Ottawa. Well, I guess Pontiac is just a land of contrast. So this guy is, exist? He, he both exists and does. He is, Schrodinger, <laughs> he is Schrodinger's Native American warrior. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was raised in the shadow of Fort Detroit and, like myself, probably wrote moody poetry and listened to Fallout Boy. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Now, Pontiac, like so many other Native American uh, tribe, like, like many other Native American tribes, fought on the side of the French during the French and Indian War. Now, if you're not super familiar with the French Indian War, we haven't talked about it. Uh, we probably will eventually. But it's a North American proxy war between England and France. This is largely because the French were uh, kind of sort of nice to the natives as far as colonial powers go. Um, they were still imperial dickheads of the highest order, but their rule was largely benign in comparison. Um, so a lot of the natives uh, sided with them during this war. Oh, okay. it, it was, I don't mean to make it sound like the French were the good guys. It was more like, let's deal with the the devil that we know yeah. rather than these these dudes that we don't. Uh, unfortunately for the native allies of the French, the French got the shit kicked out of them, forever changing the history of North America. France lost all of French, uh, French-speaking Canada, forever turning a part of Canada in, into insufferable pricks while forcefully expelling a large amount of the French-speaking population, accidentally creating Cajun people. That's how that <laughs> happened. <laughs> they, 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 yeah. Cajun well, they moved people. south and ended up in Louisiana. Mm. And now that's, that's how Cajun people got started. I see. How you go from the very, very north to the very yeah. to the swamps, I have no idea. Yeah, Louisiana shouldn't exi- exist like, either. I've so. I've been to Louisiana, uh, and uh, I one of my first uh, tank commanders was a Cajun guy, really cool guy. Um, but the but the the home that he was explaining where he came from is not a place I would look at and be like. Let's settle here. <laughs> it was like a mud shack or something. <laughs> he was he was from like the like he was like a swamp person. Like yeah, almost, I can he almost did not go to school. Guarantee it. I the only reason why he was allowed to enlist is because we invaded Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> the dude did not go to school. Really? <laughs> yeah, he was literate because he taught himself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was. Um, 
uh, for people who are unaware, like your first line supervisor writes what's known as counseling statements for you, which is effectively an oh, evaluation. Man, how did those look? They looked exactly how he spoke. Those are the best counseling statements yeah. I've ever he received. Had, he had um, a Cajun accent so incredibly thick he needed subtitles. So, and even the subtitles go, ah, it's just question yeah, marks under yeah. it. <laughs> it just says foreign language. <laughs> Um, and his counseling statements, when I read them, I felt like a code breaker, <laughs> but I, I love, I love that guy to death. Uh, Sergeant Dupree, if you listen to this podcast, I love you. Don't, don't hunt me down. Don't, hunt me down. <laughs> Please don't kill me. Um, uh, uh, another fun fact about this war is that it pretty much tripled the British debt and led them to increase taxes on its colonies in order to try to recoup some of the losses, which eventually sparked the American revolution. Uh, the same loss of war that would go on to weaken the French crown and contribute to the French Revolution. So, yeah. Sweet. Dominoes and stuff. Yeah, uh, th- there's there's a bigger idea there that we could explain, but we're not the people to unpack it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, back to our boy Pontiac. As you can imagine, this kind of destabilization of power in the, uh, in the Americas also affected the tribes that had come to all but depend on French rule. Tribes picked up and moved further west in order to get away from the British, causing tensions between the tribes as they pressed into one another's turf. Uh, British troops moved into the areas that had formerly been garrisoned by the French. Um, now there was some, there's some, there's some friction between the two almost immediately. Um, now, the French treated people um, about as well as you could entreat, uh, as well as a colonial overlord could could treat uh, the the tribes of North America. I mean, there there was. They did all sorts of bad shit. Yeah. Not saying they did good, but you know, uh, it's a low fucking bar that they had to cross to be considered decent, and like they largely did that, which is more than they could say for like a lot of the parts of Africa they took over. Oh man! <laughs> um, but what is important is they didn't really treat the fr- uh, the the natives like they were conquered people. Instead, they kind of treated them like allies because the French didn't have the same ideas of the north uh, for uh, this area of america as the british did like they weren't trying to build cities and shit okay um so the french had like roommates they had like outposts and tra- and like trapping groups and stuff like that like they had a, there wasn't a huge population of them right which i i probably is, uh, goes into a lot of the reason why the indians like them cuz they're like well there's not a ton of them yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i said low fucking bar here <laughs> low fucking bar uh, they're not genociding us like right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> they, we're good yeah. for now. Um, also, the French had this uh, policy of pretty much bribing them, which helps. Um, they had they had a kind of a standing policy where they would buy tribes loyalty. They would gift prominent tribal re- uh, leaders with money, weapons, um, like stocks of fur, pretty much whatever they wanted. Nice. Um, while now some people consider this diplomatic, um, as like a sign of goodwill between two people who are now neighbors because one took over your home, um, the British thought it was just a bribe, which sure. Yeah, it it was, it was definitely a bribe. Yeah. Um, but like you took over their country, maybe give them stuff every once in a while. Yeah. I'll take some fur. (laughs) But that's when, um, the, the British, when they took over, they stopped doing it. So that's like nail one in the coffin. (laughs) Like now I have no reason to be your friend. (laughs) You didn't give me fur, dude? Yeah. You're you, fucked. You're not going to give me guns. You're not going to give me fur. You're not going to give me like low AR, ARP on this fucking car loan. <laughs> I thought you said, <laughs> you're not going to give me an AR? Like, <laughs> I mean, now, think of this. As someone write this historical fiction novel, go back in time 
and just hand out all these, just hand them AKs and be like, go forth and (laughs) and do what you will. Look, there's going to be this guy named Columbus that shows up. Let me teach you small (laughs) unit tactics real quick so you can wipe that motherfucker out. I mean, I'd probably still be speaking Armenian right now, but like, I'm not seeing the downsides. How different would the world wars be? Like, the Great Pontiac Confederation spans from Mexico (laughs) to Canada. They start taking over (laughs) with their advanced AKs now. (laughs) Give the fucking jets and shit. (laughs) Man, I don't know why, but there's uh, dive bombers from the North American Confederation (laughs) bombing London for the sun god. (laughs) And it shows historical pictures of this dude showing AK, like, just like you. (laughs) (laughs) Some guy in a Red Wings jersey and an AK showed up out of the ether. Dude, someone write that. Someone do that fucking art. I'll get it tattooed on me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so like I said, when the Brits took over, they ended that practice of, of, of the AK based bribery (laughs) (laughs) in a decree by general Jeffrey Amherst in 1716. He forbid gifting virtually anything to the native American tribes, believing that it was a drain on the British government and it led to quote, excessive coddling on the native coddling. Yeah. Yeah. What's being too nice to them. (laughs) You guys haven't committed a massacre in weeks. Just everywhere. Are fucking you treating these brown people like people? Monocles fall out across <laughs> yeah. Britain. What? Uh, the real motivation behind it was probably that the government was being cheap as fuck. Um, the British had always a love for crippling austerity measures. Uh, what up, UK? Sorry about that election. Um, but there was a worry um, that if they kept giving the natives everything they needed, they could simply be stockpiling it and planning a revolt. Like, maybe we should stop. Like, these guys don't like us. Maybe let's stop giving them guns. And fur. Yeah. You can't let them be, like, too prepared for the winter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if, it, like, if they stopped or giving too them. stylish. Like, and, and also, it was practical if you're an asshole. Think of it this way. If they stop giving them so much stuff and make them work, they won't have so much time to, like, plan a rebellion. <laughs> what the fuck? That's literally what they thought. Which, I mean, is. They'll be ta- far too busy. I mean, that's kind of like a weird Spartan idea on the helots. Like, if we just treat these guys like shit and work them to death all the time, that's they what can't fucking possibly parents spark. do. <laughs> we got to keep them far too busy to do anything stupid. That's what the army does. Holy shit, yes. <laughs> we got to have the soldiers rake dirt, otherwise, they might get in trouble. Yeah. Which, quite legitimately, like, oh no, we didn't have the soldiers mow fucking a rock field for. Three hours, somebody got a DUI. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I mean, that's not completely off the mark there. It's not. And uh, they stopped giving us fur. And um, this is where, uh, actually, you can see this uh, all the way up until like the times of the Wild West, where a lot of alco- alcoholism-based racism comes into play. Um, they immediately stopped trading alcohol to the natives. For no reason other than like... The red man can't handle his alcohol. What the fuck? Yeah, somehow that racist-ass shit carried almost word for word over a hundred years. And still, like, there's a lot of places you go today um, in reservations, and especially up in Alaska and the native Alaskan population where, like, alcohol is forbidden. Yeah, they got dry counties there. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, the whole village is dry, and you can get arrested if you bring it in and shit. Dude, that's fucking sucky. Yeah, yeah. I would hate that. I mean, I understand that there's... Some, there's a whole bunch of underlying issues there, probably with when it comes to the inequality of capitalism up in Alaska, but um, and you know racism based oppression. But like, if you're gonna make somebody live out 
in a village where a gallon of milk costs 25 fucking dollars because of its remoteness. Let me drink myself to death. Yeah. There's a, like, please. And the Alaskan state trooper, you see him fly in. Yeah, I don't know like if you ever watched that month. show. Yeah, really. they come in like once a month. Yeah. Like, oh, time to pick up all the pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, did you see the thing that can't, totally off subject here, but they have the um, the public safety patrol or whatever that is not, they're not cops, but they're like kind of commissioned by the, the state of Alaska to be unarmed police in these communities. Um, it turns out they weren't doing background checks and a lot of them are sex offenders. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was about Way to, say to go, Alaska. Just a bunch of snitches. I mean, that's what they are. They're, they're like one step above a crossing guard in school. <laughs> You give someone a fucking PT I belt fucking and have them that. stand up by the bus and you can oh immediately tell God. who's going to start wearing Blue Lives Matter shit in like 10 yeah. years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, bringing it back around to uh, to, to <coughs> Native America, um, the, the British also banned British traders from going out to, uh, out to the villages. This would require the natives to go to British forts, um, allowing soldiers to keep an eye on them. So like... There wasn't a, a whole lot of this, um, like the French weren't going out to these villages and getting ambushed. I mean, right. the, the murder certainly occurred, but a, a lot of it is made is we're going to make them dependent on us. They're mm. going to come to our forts. We're Dicks. not going to go out to their villages. Yeah, it's like fucking stupid ass peacocking, but for imperialism. You're going to check out our fort, you're going to see our power, and you're going to be cowed by it. <laughs> Look how cool we are. Yeah, come see how cool our red jackets are, you bitch. Um, now Amherst strictly limited the amount of trading of black powder and ammunition to the natives. As he, so he would effectively force them into rebellion. Now he didn't know that. That's important because he's dumb. Um, this is because they had uh, the native people had long since moved on uh, to an economy that included treating deer skins to white people. Um, skins they obtained by hunting deer with muskets. That's got to be the shittiest type of hunting. It, a lot of people still do it. Do they? Yeah. With black, muskets? Yeah, black powder rifles. I mean, oh, black powder rifles, They're not yeah. technically muskets, but same thing. I, I thought you were talking about, like, legitimate smoothbore, like, no, no, the there, Kentucky there's rifle. No, there's definitely rifling. I'd be fucking pissed. I think it's about the same amount of um, of technology that you'd see, like, Civil War. But, yeah, people still do that because apparently just mowing down deer with an AR isn't fun enough. I don't know. I don't hunt. Yeah, neither do I. Um... Now, this is because this this is a huge problem because the natives had long since moved on from being like bow dependent. They're like, why the fuck are we still going to use this? We have a gun, which sure, I get that. But now with the, the amount of ammunition and black powder cut down drastically, it would force them to go back to the bow. Mm. Um, but since that their skill kind of sucked now and wasn't as good, their numbers dropped dramatically of how many deers they could bring in. Oh, wow. Yeah. You think they uh, started throwing the muskets like spears, like that one movie? Oh, I fucking hope so. Um, like the Battle of the Crater status. That's why he, he actually was c- uh, carrying on his grandfather's proud tradition of deer hunting <laughs> by throwing a musket at a spear. Uh, so Amherst accidentally, on purpose, destroyed their livelihood and economy all at once. Mm. Like, there's no better way to make someone immediately want to fucking rise up against you. Yeah. I mean, the British do that everywhere. They still do that. <laughs> like, everywhere they, they hit go. a combo. Scotland doesn't even want to be part of their country anymore. <laughs> uh, this meant that Amherst did something that almost nobody else was able to do. 
create a unifying bond across all the local tribes. Fuck up Whitey. Yeah, they all they all looked around like, we don't like each other, but man, fuck Jeffrey Amherst. <laughs> fuck that guy. With that, Pontiac met a group of his fellow natives in Lincoln Park, about 10 miles away from Detroit, which is actually nice. where my grandpa lived before he died. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, and uh, this is from the book, The uh, Indian Are Uprising. We go over the Lincoln Park. Oh, not the, no, they're not from there. Uh, okay, cool. Strange coincidence, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, now, from the book Indian Uprising, he said, quote, it is important to us, my brothers, that we exterminate from our lands nation which seeks to only destroy us. Which, yeah. I don't Solid. know. Solid. No, that is registered as a direct quote from Pontiac. I don't know where they would have gotten that, but no. I cited it. It's on him. <laughs> and that started what is now known as Pontiac's Rebellion. Catchy name. Now I just feel like that just... Oh, they just made him up. A whole bunch of Pontiac Aztecs driving slowly through a separate. <laughs> <laughs> They're just driving. So I heard something I don't think is true, but uh, I have a lot of family in the auto workers sector to this day. And they said the Pontiac Aztec, when it came out, was so deeply unpopular and it was a huge flop and cost millions of dollars to the company that as punishment, the CEO of Pontiac made the designers drive Pontiac uh, Aztecs wherever they went. Like they, he forced them to drive them everywhere. What? <laughs> yeah. Like as punishment, you have to drive this piece of shit you designed. You're like, okay. I, I feel like that's probably not true, but it's funny enough to bring up. It's always good to bring up funny shit like that. Now, Pontiac was not a dumb man, and he knew he wasn't just going to square up with the British and win a fight. Instead, he and about 300 of his followers disguised themselves as traitors with, and concealed weapons on themselves. How and, the fuck are you going to conceal a giant musket? Oh, I think they were like hatchets and, and knives. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, walked that's... into the fort. <laughs> That's better because if they're concealing muskets really badly, like in their pants, <laughs> you see a buttstock sticking <laughs> yeah. out of their pant. Like this is this isn't a gun. I'm just happy to see you, Mister Amherst. Oh, that uh, that engine also has a huge dick. Uh, it's terrifying. Please keep him away from us. Um. So unfortunately, Pontiac had a narc in his midst, and the garrison had been warned and drove oh, them the off with gunfire. Yeah, fucking snitches get tomahawks, bitch. Not as catchy, but it works. Did they find them? Uh, it doesn't say. They didn't find them all. I'm going to say they did. Yeah, just, oh, yeah. Just so sure. we can have a happy ending here. They yeah, found they him found and fucking hatcheted him in the face. Um, that did not stop him from returning a few days later and laying siege to that same fort, though. Now, Pontiac's men were insanely brutal. There's a very good chance they literally ate a captured soldier. Jesus Christ. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> but their bloodlust was not directed at French settlers. You think they, they that was the first time they they were just so like red? Like they, all they saw was red. They was like, "Let's eat this fucker," or it's something that they read in the or like their great like through oral history. Someone told them like, "Yes, you're supposed to eat your enemies," but none of them have actually been at war before. So they're like, "Fuck, are we supposed to eat this guy?" <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, somebody told me that we're supposed to eat him, like to scare them. And the British soldiers like, "I heard that you don't eat people." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I heard you're really cool. Yeah, I heard that we should be mates. And they just fucking let's eat his eat face. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, let's fucking eat him. But there's always that one crazy guy, that one Indian that goes, that's already starting to eat him. The Indians look around like, who'd you vote for? Uh, conservative. Let's eat this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, Quick. Favorite movie. Go. Uh, 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 wind talkers. Oh, fucking cut his face <laughs> off. <Yeah>. Chappie. <laughs> eat him. Yeah, that's how my grandfather died. 
He was eaten by native native warriors because his favorite movie was Chappie. Uh, now there, that like bloodlust and ire was not directed at the French, who happened to be there as settlers and traders. Um, they were still they were still considered allies and friends, and they were allowed to leave. I don't know what this test oh, okay. was. <laughs> like password. Uh, Guess. all they do fromage. Let him go. He speaks French. <laughs> <laughs> you think they had him line up like like everybody got a question? Yeah, it, it like. Say uh, like this, somewhere there's a British conscript who like took one semester of French back at high school. He's like, "My time to shine, baby." <laughs> we <laughs> let him pass. Uh, this friendliness was uh, quickly returned by their French bros, as the British army rushed to reinforce the besieged fort. French settlers returned to warn the natives that uh, that they were coming. So the natives set a trap for the incoming forces, and this is what is now known as the Battle of Bloody Run. Pontiac's men would chase off the British army and kill it, kill its commander, Captain James Dalyell, and then eat his friends. Holy shit. <laughs> In front of him? It's like the French come back, everybody gets one. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Spider-Man, but French. Everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. They fly off through the trees again. Unfortunately for Pontiac uh, and his native uh, warriors, uh, they lacked a logistical system. like. Most armies really did back then, or really any heavy weapons for siege warfare. Uh, also, the coalition of tribes that he managed to slap together for this action was pretty tenuous, and a prolonged siege wasn't exactly what they had signed up for. So people just started to go home. <laughs> we wanted a rage. Man, I got shit to do. <laughs> I got, like, uh, you know, something to farm. I have to go hunting. I'm out. I thought there'd be more rampage. And if Steve's leaving, I'm out of here. <laughs> And then you always so- got that one guy. Once he leaves, everybody's gone. That's like the scene from Braveheart where everybody's like, yeah. And the one guy's like, why don't we just go home? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an option. <laughs> why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Fuck this. I'm going home. I'm not getting paid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for Rick and Morty. Yeah, I'll do it for money. <laughs> <laughs> when, the, when the native soldiers points out like, bro, we're not getting a GI Bill or anything. I'm going home. Fuck this. Who's paying for my college? <laughs> Uh, Pontiac was hoping that the French would see their former allies rise up against the Brits and support them. But that never happened because the French had more important things to worry about, like their fucking empire collapsing. Um, so in November, Pontiac walked away from the siege and began to plan his next move. Now imagine like you're in the fort and you're like, they're, they're just going home. Just walking out. (laughs) Like you just watch them eat several people and they're just going to go home. They're full. They're tuckered out. Yeah, they had, they had the fuck. They were they had the they were you eat so much you get tired. <laughs> they <had> the itis. <laughs> yeah, you get we're the just, itis off the humans. Get the human itis. Ugh. Ugh, that's that's got to give you some fucking heartburn. Ugh. Especially those guys have been sitting in there eating a hardtack or some shit. You know their meat tasted like ass. Oh yeah, dude. No flavor. Yeah. I mean, and they're white. So oh like, yeah, no flavor. <laughs> this tastes like boiled chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Pontiac's rebellion began to spread throughout the region, with individual tribes jumping in and jumping out of the fighting as they wanted, uh, using it as an uh, like as, as opening their air of grievances against the British. I'm really starting to think that sweet, Pontiac sweet isn't violence. <laughs> you know, th- there's a lot of people who kind of ask that, but I mean, there's a little bit of evidence that he like there's um, some art and stuff that exists from after this that okay. shows Pontiac. 
And there's like he's got no pictures or selfies. And no, unfortunately, uh, his selfie stick uh, had not been invented yet. And um, there's like a, a, a huge oral tradition of passing down of history and stories and stuff. And he's in a lot of them. Does that mean that he Pontiac is some kind of tall tale? Fuck, I don't know. If, if so, I got two if things. Not, <laughs> cool. If he is even cooler. Yeah. So oral history. Way back in my head, I got blowjob history. <laughs> I knew you were going to fucking say <laughs> the that. The back of my head was like, blowjob history. They That's actually, how we transfer our history in lessons. Link, in Lincoln Park, Michigan, the, the Museum of Blowjob History stands to this day. <laughs> yeah, It would be in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people, people come for the auto jobs. They stay for the blowjobs. <laughs> That's actually where we built our first dick-sucking factory. <laughs> Jalalabad, uh, local dick-sucking factory. I feel like dick, Detroit. Un- union is... is is the secondary one. I feel like the Detroit dick sucking would suck. It'd just be all teeth. Can't complain. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> um, now, as it spread throughout the region, uh, the rebellion, not the blowjobs. <laughs> God damn it, Nick. <laughs> Fucking ate you. So every once in a while, I have to wonder what Nate's face looks like when he listens to this before he fucking slashes it to ribbons so we don't get canceled. Um, These tribes, it wasn't like, there wasn't like a central command or anything. It was like, a wave of rebellion that spread through. Someone was like, well, I guess we're killing the Brits now. We're eating them. Or, hey, if they're doing it, we're going to join in. It was like everybody's chance to kind of air their grievances against <laughs> the Brits with sweet, sweet violence. Yeah, we got to attack them. Do we have to eat them? <laughs> they did it. We got to now. Yeah, they, they, we have to one-up them. Now we got to eat their feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. For instance, the Wyandotte tribe uh, warned the British about building a fort in the particular area saying that like, Hey man, if you come in here and build, we're going to burn that shit down. Nice. Like we won't let you stay here. Rampage. But if you, if you don't build a fort here, we're fine with you. Just don't build a fort. We're cool. So they built the fort. Oh, fucking assholes. And so once the rebellion started, guess what they did? They burnt that motherfucking <laughs> fort down. <laughs> they made it with wood. I assume. Well, it certainly wasn't fucking steel. <laughs> That's awesome. Hesco walls. <laughs> it's just like one angry British soldier filling a Hesco basket. It'd be hard to burn down dirt. <laughs> you you can't burn down dirt. Um, in another incident at Fort Miami, which is in, <laughs> which is not in actually the Ohio of uh, the, the Miami, Ohio, which we yeah. talked about. This is in Indiana. What? There's a lot of Miami. <laughs> Who wants to be a part of that? Um, <laughs> uh, so the, the, the commander of the fort there had a, had a native mistress. Um, so, oh, that's so, nice. He's like progressive? No, no. It, oh. was, it was more like, I, w- I want some native strange while I'm away from my wife. Mm, that type. Yeah. yeah. Um, I take back what I said. So actually, uh, we can, we can, I'll give a shout out to the native mistress whose name is lost to history because she lured the commander out of the fort and then shot him in the face. <laughs> that's badass. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Then the rest of her tribe ran yeah, into the, the fort. Wanted music binder, do, 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 do. like that'd be fucking badass. Then, then like once he got lured out, all of her tribe stormed the fort and started slaughtering motherfuckers. I mean, that does include men, women, and children. Uh, also, a lot of them were scalped and eaten. But cool. Uh, and then the French settlers inside were also allowed to leave. <laughs> Like, imagine, like, this orgy <laughs> of violence with like children being eaten. They're like, you guys are cool. Yeah. We have our papers. We're French. <laughs> yeah. Those papers. Long live like King fucking... Louis. They can go. We have a baguette recipe. Leave. <laughs> I just can't imagine what it's like seeing those guys storm in and just fucking slaughter everybody. 
covered head to toe in blood. Like, you can go. Yeah, they have a TSA line for the French to make sure they're French. (laughs) They have to draw some of their blood like 50% cheese. We're good here. Uh, Imagine the scene from Half Baked. Have you, do you remember Half Baked? Yes. Yes. All right. So the guy's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And then, but like, but instead of like pointing at him, they're just eating your coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're cool. You can go. Dude just stops and goes like, oh shit, Pierre, you're good in my book. <laughs> you can leave my man. It's like, thank you. Like, or, or like, uh, was it Billy Madison? Where do I go? <laughs> I have nowhere to go. Like, you ate my boss. <laughs> That's the first thing I would think. Can I just join your tribe? Do I, <laughs> At that point. Do I have to eat people? Um, I'll do it, but <laughs> I, we do have to have like we have to do our historical due diligence uh, here and say a lot of the accounts of cannibalism are secondhand, and a lot of them come from the British. So there's a good chance they never happened. Yeah. But I like to believe that they did because it's funny. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I know everybody talks about like the cannibalistic native savages and stuff. So like I know someone was going to leave us an angry message saying they didn't really do that. They probably didn't, but we're going to roll with it. Yeah. We're in this far. It's yeah, yeah. We've only been doing this for almost two years. You know what you're into by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, small ambushes like this continued to rage across the greater Great Lakes region, and the more the British tried to respond to this uprising with more troops, like just yield surge techniques. Yet <laughs> um, somewhere, a British commander's like about to turn a corner and really get a handle on these people, and then someone just eats them. I imagine the natives when they see the British coming, like hmm. The buffet's coming. They got all dressed up to die. <laughs> yeah. Um, They'll dance their final dance of death now remember, in my mouth. Like, <laughs> someone get the hot sauce. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you remember, like, when the main reason people were getting pissed off and joining in on their belly is because, like, a lot of British soldiers were flooding the area along with settlers. So when they tried to respond to the uprising with more oh, soldiers, man. the tribes that weren't involved were like, well, I guess we're going to rebel now. <laughs> Which brings us to... I think the the other tribes were like, well, we are kind of (laughs) hungry. Well, I mean, also, like, the the tribes that were killing the Brits and, like, chasing them off from the forts were getting, like, really, really rich and powerful because they're, like, taking over all the muskets and, like, all the cannons and shit. Oh, so they got all the good shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the the war loot and shit. Yeah. So they're like, well, we want in on that. I feel like they're... Also, like, it's really important to remember, like, these tribes are definitely going to eventually go to war against one another, too. So they want to be in the best possible position for that. And we have a fort. Yeah. Bitch, we got a fort and a cannon. And we've got these sweet powdered wigs. What do you got? (laughs) We have the HMS Beagle. And some guy came out from a portal and handed us this weird rifle from Russia. (laughs) Uh, What's Russia? (laughs) This brings us to one June day in 1763. It was an incredibly hot day in Michigan, Mackinac. And if anyone is not aware... Chili Mac Day is definitely a hot day. <laughs> Michigan summers are fucking brutally humid. Uh, like, a lot of people just assume that it's like, I don't know, like a, a Washington summer. Like it's a hellscape of just frozen ice. Just all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. 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 Filled with bad people. I mean, one of those things is right. Which one? The bad people. Okay. Now, I figured that one. Michigan summers are actually really fucking hot and really goddamn humid to the point it kind of feels like you're living in soup. Ugh. So I can't imagine how miserable it is. Human like, broth? Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine how awful that is before air conditioning because it kind of oh, sucks yeah. when we had air conditioning. Um, now imagine enduring that wearing layers of wool. 
because <laughs> that's what the Brits were doing. Ugh. I'm not really sure why I'm explaining how shitty the date is, but just try to imagine you're a British soldier on guard. And you look really good to the brown people. You look really tasty. Yeah. Would, you, would you eat a British soldier? I don't think I would. I don't if think if I, could... I was a part of the rebellion? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would. I, I could... I'd eat everything once. That's for sure. That's, That's my rule. I, I feel like I... Uh, so I guess the, what we're saying is this podcast stance in cannibalism is, is, <laughs> yeah. is, is pro. We're One pro, time. We're pro-cannibalism. <laughs> Lions led by donkeys. Come for the podcast. Stay for the long pig. Mm. Now, uh, a group of natives approached this fort, which is not uncommon. I feel like human would be tough, so maybe you could like turn into like a roast, make them real tender. Now, uh, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> I, I, I just know I probably wouldn't eat, like, I wouldn't want to make any lingua with humans, I guess. I don't know. Ugh, that face meat. Ugh. That's barbacoa, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Lingua's we can do, tongue. uh, yeah, I feel like tongue on a human would be bad. Ugh. What would be good on a human? Uh, probably legs and butt. Mm, that'd be make good roast, I think. Yeah. Ooh, the backstrap. <laughs> maybe i don't know how much do they lift <laughs> yeah. we're gonna move on no from i this. can't do a dude that just does too much muscle because then it won't be that tender be chewy yeah yeah nobody nobody wants to eat a ch- some chewy i gotta have a chilled out guy i mean doesn't do much <laughs> just give me your laziest soldier <laughs> yeah. i want to eat the fat bastard who's your laziest shit bag is all this getting cut <laughs> <laughs> uh now imagine you're on guard on this fort and you know there's kind of a rebellion going on. But the people in the fort have a good relationship with the locals around that garrison. Um, natives routinely come into the fort to trade because, remember, Amherst made them. Uh, they, they made those trips to the fort mandatory for a functioning native economy. I honestly, I think at least one of the forts got really good with the tribe around them because they're like, dude, don't let them rebel against us. Now, uh, like, let's by be all real accounts, cool. that is Michelle Mackinac. Like... Um, all of the, the written accounts were like, they were all pretty cool with the natives, or at least to their face. I mean, the natives could have been biting their time. Which, well, they, sure. they did that dumb shit. They're like, hey, what's up, Holmes? And they're like trying to be cool with them. And they're like, and like go for the- Try like, to have like a fancy handshake. Yeah, maybe go for the handshake, but the hug, but the hand, like they didn't know and what to the, do. The natives like, fucking white people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or or like one of their wives like, look, I have be- a bead in my hair. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) just one like look like like that friend that you know that went to arizona for like two weeks oh my god (laughs) now um the natives were not there to trade they were actually to there to hang out and play a game called bagatway uh which i may be pronouncing kind of wrong which is really similar to lacrosse so i'll just call it lacrosse and uh, i i didn't know a better place to get the history of this game than the website for major league lacrosse which is actually a professional league that exists, which I found out. Yeah, I had no idea. Do you ever play lacrosse? I have not. Hmm. So, Bag It Away was more than a game. It was a religious activity that the natives believed the game was given to them by the creator. Uh, the player's equipment would be prepared by shamans, and the result, the game would thought would be controlled by spirits. Their sticks looked kind of like today's sticks, uh, lacrosse sticks, but the ball was made out of deer leather and stuffed with deer hair. Um... That sounds forgiving. Now, it doesn't actually say deer hair. It just says hair. But I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume it's from the deer. It actually sounds like it doesn't hurt when you get not pelted as, with it. Not as bad as a modern lacrosse yeah, ball, which will fucking, fucking kill you. Oh, my yeah. God. Now, if you're wondering why soldiers wanted to sit around and watch a weird religious ball game, well, it was the 1700s, and life was 
boring yeah, and brutally short. Like, what the fuck else were you going to do? Most of these dudes are probably illiterate. They couldn't even go and read a book. I already jacked it 10 times today. I guess I'll watch that. The spirit is willing, but the skin is spongy and bruised. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck were they going to do? Also, this game kind of sounds fun as hell. Like, lacrosse is fun. So these goals could be anywhere from five yards away to six miles from one another. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's not a game. There was no out-of-bounds lines, and wherever whatever rules happened to be playing that day were totally up into the air until the match started, kind of like house rules for beer pong. It, it, there's just like a rough outline agreed before everybody started beating the shit out of each I other. I picture Charty McDennis from the start. Hey, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> Gentlemen? Suck my dick. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I also assume, like, no, no, that's against the rules. We already we agreed to house rules. You can't do that. Like, we never agreed on that. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> all I assume that it all just comes down to prison rules every time. Everybody's just beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, from the start, as soon as and go, they just start hitting each other with the sticks. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, like everybody was drinking, so everybody was pretty drunk, and everybody nice. that wasn't playing was betting on the game. So sounds fucking awesome, honestly. Like I would, I would watch this game if I was. I would definitely shirk my guard duties and watch this game. I've for shirked sure. my guard duties for significantly less. Uh, matches were full contact, brutal affairs, kind of like how lacrosse is now, minus all the frosted tips and rape accusations. Mm. Also, there is no pads. Oh, because why would there be? That's true. Don't need them. And uh, unlike today, it could last from sun up to sun down. I think it may have only been a spectator activity that like a, a soldier in the 1700s would have seen other than some kind of public execution. I don't think I'd watch the six mile game, though. No, you definitely like what's going on on that end. <laughs> yeah, no clue, because the transmission will take days to get there. <laughs> Sending a runner might, back and yeah, forth. They might die. Yeah, someone just got hit in the head with a stick and they're twitching a lot. Oh, man, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, that was two weeks ago. Oh. Now, the game attracted hundreds of natives from the local tribes. Because remember, it's a religious activity. Also, they get drunk and bet on it. Why right. wouldn't they go? Why, now, watching them from the garrison was, uh, was all these soldiers. They're in the command of Major George Etherington, a British officer who had actually been born in the mm. Americas. And at 30 years old, there's a good chance he never actually saw the country that he was part of the army of. Um, Etherington fought in the French and Indian War, but he was apparently a bit of a dumbass. Um, so. Etherington was, in, was the commandant of this fort and was in charge of local trade. So he probably should have noticed that several hundred more hatchets and axes had been brought into the fort in the preceding weeks and months. Now, these weapons are supposedly for trade, but they never sold. That's not now, suspicious. I, 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 should, I guess I should point out that the only people who would have been buying them were natives. And said they did not. If I was a soldier and I started seeing a shit ton of sh- hatchets come in, I'd be like, hmm, weird. I'd get out of there. Instead, they remained... I start learning French. Now, when... Things went unsold, uh, and the natives went home at the end of the trading day. They stayed in the fort. So there's just hundreds of weapons in the fort now. So they stayed in the fort? Yeah. Why? Uh, because Were they, they allowed to? No, because if they brought... Well, yes. Um, no, no, the weapons, not the natives. Because mm. when if they went home and brought all their goods, they could trade elsewhere. Mm, right. So they left them in the fort. As if we dictate where you put your goods, uh, we dictate where you can trade. Right. Yeah. That sounds like a backfire. Coming you, up. You know some soldiers like, man, there's an awful lot of hatchets in here. All of a sudden, Edrington's like, shut up, peasant. <laughs> Fuck, fine. You idiot. Yeah. Also, there's this one site that sells really cool hatchets with like, you can get designs on them, like a heart or something. I, I was thinking about getting one. 
Uh, I had my unit give me a hatchet during my last deployment. Those aren't the cool ones, though. No, they're not cool. Also, like... The tactical hatchets aren't cool. There's no such thing as a tactical matte black hatchet. Exactly. Yeah, but Which I have why one. there's air quotations in that. Yeah, I, ha- I have one, though. Uh, the only thing I ever used it for is throwing it at the wall. I'd use it for, like, opening an MRE bot. <laughs> <laughs> now, he also missed a few other cues that should have tipped him off for something. French-Canadian traders had told Etherington that they heard, like, a lot of uh, from a lot of different natives that they're planning on killing Brits who were stationed at the fort. <laughs> Etherington did not trust the Frenchman, though, despite one of the traders who had snitch. Yeah, why would you snitch on your bros? Uh, despite <laughs> despite one of the traders had warned him as being Charles Legandle, a man who was literally raised by the local tribes and fought with them against the British in the last war. So many of the traders warned him. That uh, he said that the next person who dared warn him about this impending doom would be arrested. He doesn't like snitches. You know, it's the, this uh, this Charles guy was like pretty much as native as uh, a Frenchman could be, and even he was like, "They're gonna kill you." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "No, they're not. We're bros." Yeah, you see what I do? What do you know about the natives? <laughs> Fine, well, they're not gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really fucking cool with them. Yeah. Another hint that something was off was that the natives who were not taking part in the game were off on the sidelines, were not drinking, as is per tradition, and they were wrapped in thick blankets. Remember, it's fucking June. Mm. This part will become important later. Almost like they're hiding something. Yes. Mm. Now, all of this is really dumb. You think they're doing paces? What? For their mortars? <laughs> <laughs> Calling ye older, ye old mortars. You know no, I'm gonna have to say no. Uh, now this whole thing is dumb. What happened next takes the fucking cake because without this next step, none of it would have worked. So this is like uh, on a cake of dumb. This is this is the the frosting on the cake. I don't know. I, I'm not good with cake metaphors. Neither am I. Um, I don't know why you went with cake metaphor. <laughs> it was there. I went right, for you it. Took it. Yeah. So, so the Ojibwe tribe invited the Brits out of the fort to See, watch the game up close. Ojibwe. Ojibwe. Yeah. Ojibwe. Okay. Yeah. Um, they invited the, the people from the fort, most, mostly uh, Etherington and his main command element. Like, hey, you're kind of far away. Why don't you come watch the game up close? Down here with Front us. Front row seats. Woo! Yeah. Now, this is not just any game of lacrosse, mind you. This game, according to the natives, was a, a, a game in honor of the birthday of the King of England. Which it was. It was the birthday of the King of England. Good planning. Etherington placed a bet on one of the, the teams to win and decided this seems legit and led his handful of men outside the fort, about 35 of them, yeah. leaving the gate wide open. He then sat down on the grass amongst the native crowd, which had to be around 500 people. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Selling peanuts and shit. So if, if you were to guess what happens next, what do you think? Can I go with eating? Consumed. <laughs> So the native sitting next to Etherington just unhinges a giant swallows yeah. him like a python. This is our fort now. Almost immediately, exactly what you thought was going to happen began to happen. The people playing the game hit the ball towards the fort, and it bounced right through the open gate. The players then chased after it, storming the fort. <laughs> yeah, they could consider that an attack. Holy shit. And everybody's just watching them like, oh, they're still playing. There's no out-of-bounds line, right? Weird. They're coming right in here. <laughs> yeah. So those people wrapped in the blankets 
shed their coverings, revealing that they're concealing knife, axes, and tomahawks. M60 machine guns, <laughs> dual wheel. I got my trusty M60 right here. <laughs> my guy's a flamethrower on his back. <laughs> Uh, they then began to hand those weapons out to the people around them, and then they began to slaughter and butcher the people who are outside. <laughs> I can imagine some of the soldiers like, they're still playing, right? <laughs> this game's really weird as, you just, <laughs> yeah. as a tomahawk just comes into the side of your head. Yeah. I feel like this is a penalty! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> the men um, who ran into the fort armed themselves with the cache of weapons that sat unsold, and the massacre began to spread into the fort. We know this because an eyewitness actually survived to write about it. Alexander Henry was a young English fur trader uh, watching as the natives slaughtered every single British person they came across. Once again, sparing the French. He really risked it by watching. I would have been running. <laughs> well, he was inside of a fort. out of there, dude. <laughs> Henry watched this and ran to the cabin of Charles, the, the French guy that we talked about earlier. Right, right. Uh, asking for help, begging him for help, because they knew he wasn't going to come to his cabin. And Charles <laughs> literally poked his head out from the door and go, what do you want me to do about it? And then closed the door and locked it. <laughs> you see, I don't know, let me in. You think he saw one of his native bros? What's up, man? I'm taking a nap. We got one over here. He's being a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully for Henry, Charles' slave hit him in the attic. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, it's the 1700s. I would, I, if I was a slave, I would not fucking hide him. Here he is. Take him. <laughs> yeah, I would be a little worried about that myself, because, like, if the, if the natives find I've been hiding one, like, maybe we're forfeit now. I think they'd eat me. <laughs> I think you're at least going to catch a tomahawk between the eyes. <laughs> like, uh, bye, Henry. It's been good. But uh, Charles' slave hit Henry in the attic, where he watched all of his friends and family get slaughtered and scalped. Oh. Which I'm sure did not impact him in any negative way. No, he's well, probably just been like, brutal game. Mm. <laughs> They're still playing the game, right? Right? Like, this is all a game? They're just... They're who's just... winning? <laughs> Not the British. <laughs> I don't know who's winning, but we're definitely losing. Henry was eventually captured, but his life was spared when the natives who took part in the attack recognized him as a friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. The other seven people who were captured with him, however, were executed and then yeeted into a river. That ain't so bad. Yeah, I mean, at least he didn't get eaten. Yeah. Maybe it was a cold river. Well, I mean, they're dead already. It really doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought they were still alive. I mean, they might be bleeding out. So, like, I don't think getting dunked into a cold river is on the top of the list of things that they're worried about. They're no. probably worried about the sucking chest wound that they have filled I'd, with river water. I'd Rambo it. In what way? Uh, black powder, you know. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I forgot that he did that. Yeah, he did do that. Remember we covered Rambo? I tried to forget about it. Yeah, we got to cover it again. They Shit. spilled first blood. <laughs> Shut up, Henry. <laughs> now for Major Etherington. He was also captured because they recognized that he was in charge. The natives wanted to kill him, but recognized a major as someone who'd be worth a pretty high ransom. Mm -hmm. uh, he's eventually ransomed from one tribe to another before eventually making his way back to the British Army. And because... Officers really only exist to kill their subordinates due to their incompetence. Nothing really ever happened to him despite the fact he lost his entire command due to a lacrosse game. He would go on to get promoted and lose an entire other command in the, uh, to the French in a war in 1779. He wasn't punished for that either. You think after all that he was like, yeah, I bet it on that one team. I don't think they won. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who won, but uh, a lot of my friends didn't come back. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, if you've ever been to Mackinac, Michigan, you'll realize that one of the main roads cutting through there is called Etherington. It's named after him. I think anybody's been to Mackinac. Oh, I definitely have. Okay. It's it's a pretty big tourist spot, actually, as far as tourist spots go in Michigan. Why? It just is. It's pretty cool. Um, But yeah, the main drag, it's called Etherington. It's named after him. Nice. (laughs) It's literally a monument to his incompetence. Here's a road. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. as for Pontiac's rebellion, like many other native rebellions, is eventually crushed by overwhelming military force as thousands of British soldiers were eventually de- deployed to destroy it in the coming year. Pontiac surrendered as a plague swept through the native community, devastating them and destroying their will to fight. But only 13 years later, many of those same tribes and warriors that had helped slaughter the British joined forces with them to fight a common enemy, the rebellious American colonies. And that's where we end our episode today! I like this one. Yeah. This is a good one. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I, I, I take as a lot of joy talking about uh, native populations destroying their colonizers. Oh, yeah, dude. And if they can do it through a fun ball game. That was a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, throughout all the, all the planning, like, this isn't really going to fucking work, man. Oh, God, it's working. It's actually working. <laughs> yeah. There's like, fuck it. Let's just try Holy shit. <laughs> now, uh, before we go into our end of episode spiel here, um, we're going to go to our questions from the Legion. Now, I actually any got a... Music? Uh, I still have any of that. Okay. The, the music is, is just the sound of a human Aztec being... Aztec death whistle. Being, ...being consumed, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's the human being slowly eaten. Um, so we got a whole bunch of questions here because right before we started recording, I message the discord can the uh questions from the legion be the world war one whistle oh you're the last whistle you'll ever hear before you get chewed up by a fucking maxim yeah yeah that, that sounds good so um our question is um of all the shows that you've done and events you've covered which event stands the biggest fuck up if you had to quantify in terms cause of most deaths and the biggest defeat fuck ups per square meter or uh so I'm actually uh, going to answer my opinion on that one is to go all the way back. I think before we even had a producer and before most of you were even listening, we covered, um, uh, was it a uh, fucking the general, um, God, it's killing me now. I can't remember his name. It was this, uh, Soviet gen- general that ordered the, the, the attack into Grozny while he was drunk. Oh, that fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah. And we have that sweet picture of him. Yeah, he, yeah, he looks hammered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Um, I was definitely gonna go with early episodes too. After researching uh, our own podcast, I remember his name is Pavel Grachev. There we go. Yeah, uh, he was he or he got torn up, I think, on his birthday or New Year's, one of the two, and ordered the atta- uh, the main Russian attack into Grozny during the first Chechen war. And got several thousand of his own troops slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, of course, faced no repercussions. What would yours have to be? I'd have to go with the Somme. For Ooh, sure. That's, that's a classic. It is a classic it line. It did achieve its goal, Dawkins. though. It did, but at the cost of a shit ton of lives. <laughs> like, like 10% of the entire <laughs> yes. British army. Oh, man. You, you gotta love strictly ordering your soldiers to march. Like a parade field into but a machine walk. gun. Yeah. Yes. Don't don't run. Only walk. Yes. 
Um, so thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the show. If you think what we do is worth a dollar, you can throw it to us on Patreon. One dollar gets you access to the Discord. You can ask us a question for a question from Legion. Gets you access to one bonus episode a month. Five dollars more gets you access to all that plus one more bonus episode a month. Um, a copy of my book, The Hooligans of Kandahar. And even more than that, at the $10 level, you get all of that plus a sticker. So look this up on Patreon. The link will be in stickers the show notes. Stickers are badass. The stickers are They're sweet. on my fucking laptop, and I get questioned at work all the time about it. <laughs> I get really weird looks whenever I'm on planes because the sticker's on my laptop. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, so you can follow us on Twitter at lions underscore by. You can follow me at jcast99. Follow Nick at nickcastm one we also play Call of Duty. Yeah, and you can go on our Twitter account and see our stupid Activision, yeah, Activision code names. Yeah, fuck it's called which are fucking... I think they're fixed now. Because before when we first tried it, they were pretty horse shit. Oh, yeah, I think they fixed it so we can actually play together. So until then, hit us up and uh, Later. see you next time.